You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. The title of my message today, Are You Ready? Last week we talked about what God has prepared for us while we walk this earth. God's plan was the church so that God's people could find comfort and strength and encouragement from each other. We also mentioned how Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. He was talking about what he is preparing for us in eternity so that we will have a place in eternity with him. Today I want to talk about are we ready? And so we're going to pick it up from Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Luke 17, verse 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven and shines under the other part of heaven, so also will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. For the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the day of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Most people in this world of ours Do not expect this world system to go on forever. Bible-believing Christians have a biblical world view as taught from the Word of God. Many who ignore biblical teaching all wonder what will happen and when will it happen. That was certainly on the minds of the disciples as they question Jesus, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? They wondered when, 
when the kingdom of God would come to earth. When God would take over and run this world in a hands-on style. Luke 17 included a question from the Pharisees which is very similar. How? Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. I just want to say this morning that I'm very thankful to have one of my sisters with me. Pratt and Sheila Rice are here from Gander, Newfoundland. And uh, <laughs> Sheila is my third sister. I have four sisters. There's one younger than her and there's two older than her. But uh, they have just retired and uh, they decided to drive up from Newfoundland. We're so glad to have them with us this week. And so I'm going to take a, a week off vacation and just enjoy their time with us. The kingdom of God is within. Luke 17, 20 to 21, Jesus' response is a, a very important and powerful revelation. Jesus changed the focus of the more important question, where? They were most concerned about when. And over the years, we have seen a number of books, predictions, prophecies, and dates, and charts that have all proven to be false. Many scriptural, illiterate, God-fearing people have been caught up in such scams. And Jesus insisted, insisted that this is a dead-end approach. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. You will know the season. You will know the times. You will know that it's getting near. But when somebody starts putting a date to it, don't have anything to do with that. They're out for your money or something. The kingdom of God does not come with observation. This means that we will never figure out the timeline by looking at the evidence. The closest we can ever get is that the coming of the Lord must be very near. Now, if you read the scriptures, you read the, the, the Gospels, you will know that that was very prominent in the minds of Christians when Jesus was on earth. Many of the, the disciples and the people that followed Jesus at that time thought that he was the Messiah. They believed that, but they thought that he was also going to, at some point, take over the rule of the world. And so this is why they were asking him the questions that they ask here. And so the far greater concern is that the kingdom of God begins inside of us. Jesus said that, for indeed, 
The kingdom of God is within you. Verse 21. The kingdom of God is the reign and rule of God. And if you and I are born again believers, God is already, hopefully, ruling and reigning in our heart. We are guided by what the word of God teaches in the way we live from day to day. Someday, it will control our world, but we don't need to wait until then. We are being led and ruled by God today. We can have the rule of God in our hearts right now. This is far more important than any prophetic timetable. And so, how do we allow God to rule in our hearts today? Well, we seek his face in everything. As the Bible say, we're not anxious about anything, but we pray about everything. Lord, I want to thank you for the ability to be able to go out and work and bring in a dollar to help my family. Lord, I have a desire to quit my job and and go to this other job that promises to be much better for me and my family. Should I? Show me if this is the right thing to do. Lord, I'm having a problem with a brother or sister in the congregation. I find it very difficult to look them in the eye when I come into church. I would rather, if they're sitting on one side, I would rather sit on the other side so that I can avoid them. Lord, I know from your word and I know from the conviction in my heart that this is wrong. Help me, Lord, to overcome this. You see, that is allowing God to rule in your heart, not to be led by your own carnal instincts, but be led by the Spirit of God that lives within you, that caused you to come alive when you ask him to come into your heart. The fact of the matter is this. If God is not ruling in your heart, then you are actually on the outside. He must be king of your life. If you are still on the outside, when Jesus returns, you will be forever outside of his love and his grace. While we shouldn't anticipate, we should anticipate the return of Jesus Christ at any moment. We should celebrate and live the rule of Christ in our hearts and lives every day. And when we come into this room from time to time on a Sunday morning and we sing and we worship, that is what we're celebrating. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. He's the king of my life. He rules my life. And in the atmospheres that comes when we begin to worship and praise God as a corporate body of people, there comes a a sense of 
overwhelming love, knowing that the presence of God is here to sustain me, to strengthen me, and help me to be the man of God that I should be, or the woman of God, whichever it may, may occur. The words we speak, our relationships, our finances, our jobs, our marriage, everything should demonstrate the kingdom of God here and now within us. My father was a genuine, born-again, spirit-filled Christian. I never saw anything different in my dad in my home, in our home, than I saw when he was in church on Sunday. Even while I was rebelling against God, the God that he loved and served so faithfully, I still honored the fact that my, God, my dad was a truly born-again, spirit-filled man. I often wonder where I would be spiritually if it wasn't for my seeing how God ruled and reigned in my father's life. That is what Jesus was talking about. The kingdom of God is within you. God ruled within my father's life. If he had an enemy on the island in which we lived, I didn't know about it. He didn't speak uh, in front of his family about any problem that he had with any other person. He took that to the Lord. And he allowed God to rule in his life. He lived as, as a citizen of heaven, even though he was still on this earth. And I believe that's the pattern we all should follow. So my first point, I, let me see what it was. <laughs> the kingdom of God is within you. Yes, okay. My second point is don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Jesus adds to his basic teaching that the kingdom of God is within to explain that the kingdom is to come. The kingdom of God is now and not yet. God is living within us. He's ruling within our hearts. But there's a day coming when the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive and remain that are still serving God at that time will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We don't hear much about that anymore. But I'm sure we'll, if we live long enough, we'll get around to it again. It's here, but it's coming. Uh, I, I, I'll use an illustration. It, it can compare to an inheritance. As a miner, you may receive a steady monthly income from a trust fund that has been left to you or something. And this goes until you're at a certain age. And then at the, at the end, 
end of that age, when you mature to that age that is required, all of the inheritance is yours, whatever it is. You get the lump sum, the mother load, or whatever you want to call it. And so, in other words, you have your inheritance while you're getting your monthly, monthly allowance. But later, you receive your inheritance. And so that's the way it is. We're living right now in the presence of God. God is living within us. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our life. And we have God in, in our lives in every stage. But there's coming a day when what, what God promised Israel, that David would sit on his throne and rule the world from Jerusalem. That's Jesus, the Lion of David, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will reign from Jerusalem. And so we know that some Christians desire for Jesus to come back to earth and completely rule everyone and everything. Disciples were feeling that way. In fact, we were at a, we were at a, a prayer gathering for this area of the POC uh, in Bonneville uh, just this week, and our superintendent spoke about that as well. How in the early ages of, 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 of Pentecost, that the urgency to reach the lost was, was born out of, a, out of the idea that Jesus was coming soon. And we expected him to come in that generation. And we never, we never should lose that urgency because he is coming. And although the early disciples expected him to come before they died, we still expect them to come, but the, we haven't talked about it too much lately. Jesus plainly told them that they would not witness this event in their lifetime. They couldn't hear that. They, 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 they just missed that altogether. That went over their head. But he said, you, you, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. He said, the day is coming when you will long to see the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. So Jesus warned them not to be deceived by those who would talk like they had everything figured out. They would predict exactly when, when and where and how Jesus would return to earth. They will say, here he is and there he is. But Jesus warned, do not go after them. Don't follow them. Unfortunately, lots of people have ignored Jesus' advice. They've followed all kinds of self-appointed prophets and teachers who have insisted that they had it all figured out. Jesus said that his coming will be as unpredictable as lightning, as a lightning strike, as the lightning flashes out of one part under heaven, Luke 17, 24, and shines to the other part under heaven, so also shall the Son of Man be in his day. Friends, let's believe the truth that Jesus spoke. He's coming back, but avoid the teachers and preachers who claim they know when. It is true that the sign of his coming, 
coming is that it is soon. It's all around us. But we don't know when. And I think that's a good reason. That's a good, good thing. I think God had reason that we didn't know exact minute that he's coming. Jesus said that only our Heavenly Father knows the day and the hour of his return. Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Thirdly, life will carry on as usual until the end. Until he returns, ordinary life will continue as it has in the past. Luke 17, 26. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Then he talks of the day of Noah, he said, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's Genesis 6, verse 5. That is what God saw before he destroyed the earth with a flood. What do you think? Does it describe the day in which we're living? More than a thousand years later, during the period of Judges, God's word declares in Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days... There was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. What do you think? Is that describing today? Is it like that today? People doing what is right in their own eyes? Jesus reminds us of another point in history. The story of Sodom and Gomorrah, a place of great immorality. Only Lot and his family escaped because God forewarned them. Luke 17, 28. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. When Noah and his family entered the ark, the door was shut. Everyone and everything else was destroyed. When Lot and his family left the city of Sodom, the city was destroyed. Are you ready? Point four. Jesus thought that these people would take their life for granted until it is suddenly interrupted by his return. There is a terrible time on the horizon for people of this earth. The Bible refers to it as tribulation or the time of Jacob's trouble. It's greatly connected with Israel, but it's going to affect the whole world. 
Matthew 24, verse 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Matthew 24, verse 29 to 31. And who is speaking this? Jesus. This is what Jesus said is going to take place. Then he gave the parable of the fig tree. Matthew 24, verses 32 to 35. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall by no means pass away. I'm just giving you portions of scripture. You need to get into the word of God and read it for yourself. What Jesus is saying here is that you will have ample opportunity to know how close the end is. You will not know the day or the hour, but you will know that his coming is very soon. No one knows the day or the hour. Matthew 24, verse 36 to 44. But of that day and hour, no one, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be when two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. I would imagine that a number of you that are in this room today has had something stolen from you from time to time. Your garage was broken into. Your car was broken into. Your car was stolen. One of your 
one of your quads or, or snow machines was stolen. And you know how terrible that makes you feel. You've been robbed. You've been violated. And one of the thoughts that come to your mind, oh, if I had have known, if I could only have been watching when that person came, they would have never stolen anything from anybody else. And Jesus is saying, that's what the coming of the Lord is going to be like. It's going to be that sudden, that quickly. If you expected that someone is going to break into your car tonight, you would stay up all night and be ready for them. So, in conclusion... We're going, to be, we're going to be closed nice and early today. In conclusion, if we believe the Bible, we should take Jesus' word very seriously. Obviously, Jesus wants us to be Christians and to be ready. Since we don't know when Jesus will return, we should be ready all the time. There is a parable that Jesus shared about ten virgins. And that one really troubles me. Because virgins speaks of purity. And there were ten of them. But only five had enough oil. For when the bridegroom came, five were wise because they had enough oil to keep their lamps burning. Five were foolish because they allowed their lamps to go out and they had no oil. While they went to buy more oil, the Bible says the bridegroom came and they were left behind. And again, Jesus is speaking of the need to be ready at all times because you don't know when he's coming. The Bible is filled with warnings and exhortations that we should be ready at all times. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1, and 1 to 3 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? The writer to the Hebrews was talking to Christians. And finally, Peter describes an attitude that seems to be prevalent in our day and age. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. He says that scoffers will come, walking according to their own, own lust or their own desires. And this is what they're saying, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, 
all things continue as from the beginning. He reminds us that they willfully forget the power of the word of God. If you read on down through. He said they willfully neglect or forget the power of the word of God in creation. The word of God is still quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And when God speaks something, when God says something in scripture, you can bank on it. It's going to happen just as he said. Another thing he said that you're forgetting is that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. In otherwise, we are confined to time, and we can't think past time. But God, a thousand years, and no one lives to be a thousand years of age. To God, that's only like one day. And then he goes on and he says, God is not slack concerning his promises. God is not going to change his mind. God is not going to change his word. What he said will happen. It will come to pass. But he said, God is long-suffering. He's giving us time and time and time and time. Because he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. He's very patient with us. And then he says, but... The day of the Lord will come. The day that Jesus spoke about will come. And it will come like a thief in the night. In a day that you're not expecting. So be ready. My question to you, and it goes for me and it goes for Effie, am I ready? Are you ready? We have made the love of God something that some people refer to as sloppy agape. We made his grace into something where I can do what I like and say what I like and be what I like. And still, there are no consequences. But every place that I've looked in the word of God, The only thing that I can see 
is that no sin will enter heaven. And I, I can profess to be a Christian as much as I like. But if I'm living in sin, I'm in a very dangerous place. Thank God for his grace. But if you and I presume upon that grace and say, I can live this life, the old man life that I lived before I asked Christ to come into my heart. I don't see any hope for me or for you if we live that way. And so, folks, the word of God that I have for you this morning is ask yourself this question, and if there's any doubt whatsoever, that the way that you're living now is not honoring to God. Say, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I want you to rule in my life. I want the kingdom of God ruling in my life right now. I want what you want for me, for my friends, and for my family. Spirit of God, you know exactly those of us that need to hear this word this morning. Do your work in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.